0: Welcome to the People Teaching People podcast. My name is Tiana Fesch. I'm a mom of three, an educator, a course development consultant, and a lifelong learner. Teaching and learning can take place anytime, anywhere, and in a multitude of ways. The range of knowledge and skills to teach and to learn about are truly limitless, but at the heart of all teaching and learning experiences are the people. The People Teaching People podcast is the place to talk about the who, what, when, where, why, and how of teaching and learning in a world where there is always more to discover. Education plays an important and integral role in all facets of our lives, how we work, do business, live, play, explore, and build relationships. Let's talk teaching and learning together. Welcome to the People Teaching People podcast. Joining me on the podcast is Catherine McGuire. Catherine is a female entrepreneur, founder, and creator at Wholehearted, an agency dedicated to enriching the employee experience through strategic programs that align with corporate values and community needs. She is thus described as full of heart and action-obsessed. A true implementer, she fearlessly brings ideas to life with no detail left behind. With 10 plus years experience in the events and hospitality industry, she is familiar with the logistics, nuances, and continuous evolution of in-person and virtual events. What started as a nonprofit initiative at the height of a global pandemic sparked a concept that now provides leaders a way to engage their teams and customers in unique ways that build meaningful connections and in turn, more productive workplaces. From strategic live event programming to thoughtful virtual experiences, wholehearted partners with local businesses whenever possible and aims to make an impact both within the walls of the organization they serve and throughout the communities they support. Kat is a busy new mom of a seven-month-old who is juggling entrepreneurship with motherhood. You will love her story of seeing a need and an opportunity to make a difference in the world and just going for it without having all the details figured out, trusting her instincts, listening and learning along the way, and getting more clear on her boundaries. We talk about using events as a mechanism to make impact, perks and purpose when it comes to employee engagement and retention, and how giving back can make an impact in the workplace, and so much more.
1: Thank you so much for joining me, Kat. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here and chat with you.
0: I'm excited about this conversation as well. And where I wanted to start off as I always do is I'd love to learn more about you and your story. And so I'm curious, what has been your journey that led you to the work that you're doing today in your agency wholehearted?
1: Oh my goodness. It feels like so long ago that it all started, but it really was only in 2020 at the height of the pandemic. And um, at that time, it actually started with a nonprofit initiative that my husband and I started when we were sort of stuck at home in quarantine and feeling helpless. Um, And what we did was raised funds in our community to um, purchase healthy lunches from restaurants or event caterers who were really struggling due to the different closures and limitations. Um, And then we wrote some handwritten notes on those healthy lunches and we delivered them to frontline workers in our community to sort of show um, appreciation and encouragement to them. And it was, I think really successful and a lot more than we expected it to be. And it really opened my eyes to the power of community and how much we can do together and how much people want to help right now, like probably now more than ever, people want to be involved and be part of something bigger. And um, through that work, we actually started working with some workplaces at Field of Superheroes and I was able to see the way people were connecting with each other by doing some good in their community. And at the end of that initiative, I said to Jake, I'm not ready for this to be done. There needs to be a way to make this um, you know, a continuing journey. And so uh, we pilot tested the idea of Wholehearted, which was bringing employees, teams together to do some team building, but that all had a give back that directly impacted the communities in which they live. And we were able to calculate the engagement levels and see that it really did make an impact in how they feel about their workplace. So here we are.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. And I did do a little bit of researching into the um, your nonprofit initiative, the fuel, the superheroes. And I saw that uh, you had some media coverage with what you were doing. And it just sounds like such a beautiful way to really make such a nice, uh, impact on the community, especially, um, with that initial initiative and the frontline workers during that crazy time that we've been through. So, yes.
1: (laughs) well, thank you. It was, it was a lot of fun and, um, it was just a, a small way to sort of do our part at a time that it felt like there's nothing we can do about this terrible situation. And we just really felt for the frontline workers at that time in particular, who were really out there in the middle of it all.
0: Oh, I can't even imagine what they were going through. So yeah, that is a really special project that you and your husband worked on. Now, there is so much to be learned through experiences. So when you're really actively engaged in ways that are authentic and relevant and meaningful, an experience is actually one of my family's um values and it's also one of my business's core values as well so i'm wondering how is education a part of the experiences that you provide for companies through your work at wholehearted
1: such a great question and such a big question. I know. And I love that experiences is part of your core values because it's one of mine too. I remember even being little, and instead of like having a really great gift, I always wanted a really cool experience at a birthday or a holiday celebration. Um, and so, with my you know background in events and in hospitality, experiences have always been part of it. Now, when I look at that in the workplace and on the education side of things. I always tell clients that we work with that we are not um, philanthropic specialists, we are not human resources specialists, but we are experienced creators. And I think what we do really well is sort of event-based culture shifts. So all of that is driven by social impact initiatives. All of that is driven by creating awareness for causes that apply right in their backyard. Um, Something that I noticed when i was thinking about Wholehearted was there's so many organizations that have budget to give back, but there's not enough time or resources to find the best places to apply um, that money and where it can really make a difference and make an impact. And there's these really small grassroots in your neighborhood um, organizations and shelters and causes where your $2,000 can make such a difference. And so I think a big part on the education side for us is going into a workplace and opening their eyes to all of these issues that are happening around them um, and sort of helping them pick a way to take that money and apply it maybe differently than they may have in the past.
0: Yeah. And I think it's so true. It's, you kind of get caught in your bubble and it's hard Mm -hmm. to kind of see beyond the things that you're doing day to day. And you have that desire or want to make a difference, but you're, you're right to take the time to kind of explore all the options and really see where you can make that greatest impact with what you have to give can be tricky. So you are definitely providing a valuable resource that makes a difference, not only for that company, but for uh, the community as well. Now, I love that Wholehearted uses events as a mechanism to drive impact and make a difference in the world. And you provide companies with some really unique opportunities for both virtual and in-person experiences that are aligned with their corporate values and community needs. So It might be hard to pick one, but if you had two or even two, what is one or maybe two of your favorite experiences that Wholehearted has designed and implemented and why does that experience stand out for you?
1: Oh, my goodness. So I have two um, and I'll tell you the reasons why for each one of them. So the first one, why I love it so much is because it's such a simple experience that I think a lot of people have probably done, but it's in the way that it's facilitated, I think, that it makes... A really big impact um, and so that one is sort of our custom signature marketplace experience it's really popular around the holidays um, and we customize it to the group so we had one group last year that we designed um, this elf workshop I'm trying not to use the company name just for their own confidentiality um, but we designed this custom elf workshop for them where they, you know, created these kits of essential items that they shopped, this marketplace that we set up um, in the coffee break of their meeting room. And everyone had elf, you know, accessories and decor and we had holiday music playing. Um, And it turned out, like it turned into a gift wrapping competition. And we were observing these groups of people who were now telling stories about their own holiday traditions and who's the best gift wrapper in their household and how far along in their shopping they are. And it was like all of these just like regular conversations that you may not otherwise get to have with your colleagues were coming out in this environment and you were doing something good and you were getting into the spirit of it all. Um, and then we took those, those wrapped kits and we dropped them off at a women's shelter right after the program and they got an impact report at the end of it. But I think it's just, just goes to show, you know, we've probably all done like a shoebox. um, holiday give back and it's so wonderful, but sometimes just creating that setting and that environment for a team to do it together and to have these conversations and get to know each other and get more connected was really cool to see. Um, And then my second one would be, I think, being able to do really unique things where people probably haven't done Um, them before. And an example of that is in the virtual space. uh, When we weren't able to gather in big groups, we worked with another organization who was having a company-wide retreat virtually. And as the wrap-up, we had some live musicians join And the group broke out um, into smaller teams and they actually wrote a company anthem that was all around their values as an organization. And then the live musicians put it all together and um, created this anthem for them that we put into an MP3 version. And now every like all hands meeting they have, they kick it off with their own anthem, um, which is so cool to see it sort of continue on beyond that one experience. And for each person who, participated in that and a lot of them brought their family members because they were at home which was so sweet to see um but for everyone who participated in that we made a donation to music counts which is um the charity associated with the juno awards and we were able to contribute to putting instruments in schools across canada so that was really cool
0: that is amazing (laughs) and it's both those examples are fantastic so i love that you shared a an example of an in-person experience and a virtual experience and just as you said how it brought people together and connected them and i love that there's now an anthem a song that continues to connect them and bring them back to that amazing experience but also those fantastic ways that they were able through that to give back and make Mm -hmm. an impact in the community those are great examples. I can't wait to learn about
1: more. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And I think it just also goes to show that it's not just like writing a check of a donation. Those are two examples in which um, I guess the donations were a little bit different, but still very impactful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because it, I mean, there's great impact that can come from donating money Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. But I think there's also great impact and in a lot of different ways, just by having that shared experience, and then making that meaningful contribution from that experience that you've had together, that is yeah. perhaps even you know longer lasting and more impactful mm-hmm. um, in the long run. Now, there's been a real shift. Um, when it comes to what people are looking for when it comes to their work. So I think about the people at these companies going through those experiences, feeling connected to one another, be it in person or virtually and When I was looking and snooping around on your website, (laughs) um, I noticed that you talked about both perks and purpose when it comes to attracting employees to a company as well as retaining employees. So I wanted to pick your brain a little on what you mean by perks and purpose and what is having a bigger influence on employee engagement, passion, and retention these days. Oh my
1: goodness. So I think on the perks side, Selfishly, we all want to work somewhere where there's cool perks, where there's like the designer coffee machine, um, maybe the beanbag chairs, there's cool outings. Um, I just think that's almost become the norm and an expectation in such a competitive market. Um, people want a lot of vacation days, they want flexibility, they want experiences, they want gifts. Um, I guess those are sort of more the, the perks that I'm, you know, speaking to. At the same time, a lot of research is showing the interest and the impact that an organization with purpose can have um, when talent is looking to accept or change jobs. And I think that is where we go back to the idea of being part of something bigger and where companies have an opportunity to give people a platform to maybe bring awareness to causes that are important to them personally, or to give them an opportunity to make an impact to some communities or some groups that are in need that maybe alone, they may not be able to do that. But being part of a company that supports them in doing that I think is really important. Um, And it's interesting when I scroll on any platform I have, there's just an immense amount of research on both things, on perks and on purpose and, I think my idea is how do we take the perks people are looking for, but add that layer of meaning and purpose to them and make that the differentiator between the two. Um, and whether that's, you know, company-wide or team-wide or department-wide, something I talk a lot to the leaders I work with is even if your entire company, if you work for a really large company, even if at that level you may not be able to get the results you are looking for, you can still make a really cool difference within the small team or department that you work in. And sometimes that's a great starting point and it can kind of ripple out um, further because it can feel intimidating to almost create a change that you want to see in your workplace.
0: Yeah, I think that's so true, and it's interesting. I, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking about my own kids and their thoughts and feelings about school or being in an, in a learning environment. And sure, there can be perks, like maybe their teacher lets them wear hats or they let them chew gum. But there's something mm-hmm. about having the opportunity to be invested in a way that really makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, that really gets kids connected. Um, and on board when they feel that like they're actually a part of the team and doing something for the greater good. So yeah. um, I think it applies to all ages and and stages. And I think, um, yeah, it's amazing to create those opportunities and to have those two pieces of the puzzle in mind. Because you're right, you know, the holidays are nice. I would say as a teacher, the summer's <laughs> off can, mm-hmm. can, can be a good perk, especially when you've got um kids and that that's definitely a perk or I joke that um my husband's the principal of an elementary school and so we get to on a cold winter day go and play in the gym. That's a perk. I love it. Yeah
1: that is a great perk.
0: <laughs> yeah so there's a few things in teaching maybe not the fancy coffee machines or <laughs> that kind of thing but there's definitely some perks for sure. Yeah. Now a big question for you um So feel free to take it in any direction that you would like, but for you, how do you think giving back makes an impact in the workplace?
1: I think it makes an impact in the sense that it brings people together towards a common goal that just quite simply is just a feel-good activity. Again, I don't wanna be a research nerd or a data nerd, um, but the research shows that when you do good, you feel good. And I think we learned that from a very early age. Um, and I think when you get to do it with other people and sort of share in that experience, you've just bonded over something that's so cool and it almost magnifies that feel-good feeling. Um, which I guess is on the engagement level. And then in turn, when you look at engaged employees and passionate employees, they drive results and they're creative and they're productive and they come up with new ideas and they're invested in your organization in a different way.
0: Yeah, they're definitely more invested Mm -hmm. for sure. Yes, Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) And when you have that sense of connection, I think um, people tend to feel invested within their team and invested for the greater company or organization, yeah, it definitely um, is a a way to have some great impact. Now, to have a lot of these amazing opportunities happen, it can require some direction and initiative by the leadership of a company Mm -hmm. or organization. So leaders really do have such an opportunity to make that positive difference, be it in a school or a community organization or a business. So what would be the number one thing that you'd
1: suggest that
0: um, a leader do to make an impact?
1: I have so many thoughts on this, but I think the number one thing I think leaders can do to make an impact just in general is just to listen. I think So often, you know, they may ask questions or we ask questions and we're hearing the information, but we're not truly listening and taking action on that. And I think at the end of the day, people want to feel seen and they want to feel heard. And I think it's not just having the conversations, but it's what you do with what you take from those conversations that you can really make a difference in an employee's overall experience. Um, a really great industry colleague of mine who has an awesome book, um, he says often, and I'm not going to quote it exactly because I'll be wrong, but he says that by, um, having great leaders in workplaces, we can actually reduce the, um, mental health issues that we have in the workplace. And I think that that's so true because we spend so much time at work. We spend so much time thinking about work when we're not at work, um, and having a leader who's supportive and who's, listening and taking action can make all the difference. Um, So that would be sort of my general answer. And then when it comes to, you know, experiences and social impact and making a difference, I would just say, you know, quite frankly, at this time of year, when you're doing that strategy planning for the year ahead, to just put it in the calendar. I have another great resource who told me that culture is actually the feeling that an employee has about the place that they work. And typically that changes over about every 90 days. It's sort of like the result of the experience they've had in the last 90 days, which is about a quarter. So if you plan to do um, a give back initiative every quarter and you plan to do something as a team every quarter, then you sort of know you've laid that foundation and then you can build on that and you're not scrambling at the last minute <laughs> yeah
0: I love that um, idea of intentionality so mm-hmm. if it's important and it's a value if you're intentional and you as you said make it a part of each quarter of the work year so uh, it's happening facilitating those connections making that impact that's so important and I also love how you talked about um, listening because <laughs> you're so right. people want to feel seen and heard and understood. And um I mean, that goes again, like kids all yeah. the way up to adults. Um, I when I've worked with um, student teachers at the University of Calgary, the message that I tell them, is that it's all about relationships, right? You can have the greatest set of core values for your organization, or you can have the greatest lesson plan for your for your students. But if you're not getting to know the people, and if you're not connecting it to them, it's not going to have uh, the impact that you're looking for, for sure. Exactly. So thank you for those great <laughs> pieces of wisdom there. <laughs> Now just my changes. thoughts. <laughs> just <laughs> my no, I think it's fantastic. It's simple and straightforward and easy to remember, but mm-hmm. maybe more difficult to consistently implement if we're not being intentional about it for sure. Exactly. <laughs> so, over the last little bit, I mean in general, change is inevitable. Uh, Lately, we've all been experiencing much more change than perhaps we had experienced before. Yeah. So in this time of change, what piece of advice would you give to a leader planning for the year ahead beyond sort of that quarterly um, intentional time for team building, connecting and giving back? Do you have anything else that you would think of there?
1: This is going to sound so cheesy, and I don't want to talk about the pandi- that pandemic because I feel like we're all, you know, done with that topic. But at the same time, I think that was such a learning experience, and that opened our eyes to so many things. And um, something that I really got an opportunity to see in different leaders at that time is a lot of people were stuck because they got comfortable. And so my advice for people moving forward is the world is completely different now. And I think we're almost always anticipating change. Um, But I would just say never get too comfortable because you never know what is gonna happen. Um, And it's almost the idea of not only being ready for change but also seeking change so that you're always sort of kept on your toes and ready to take on those challenges that are coming. And I don't think we're done seeing the impacts and this big shift um, when it comes to the future of work and what well-being in the workplace will look like. So I think the leaders that are taking the time to look ahead are going to be the ones that um, sort of are standing the strongest on the other side of it all.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I I so feel you on not wanting to dwell on yeah. in the whole like COVID times for sure. But I, I love the perspective our, of what were the lessons that we've learned? And I think mm-hmm. you're so right. If we just kind of go with the flow and we're just doing things same, same all the time, mm-hmm. um, that can be problematic for sure. And that yeah. real growth and impact can come by looking for those ways and opportunities to be flexible and to try new things and maybe step outside of our comfort comfort zones a little bit. So great learnings can come from difficult situations and tough times.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And it's been really cool to actually see the organizations that, you know, adapted and added new revenue streams and maybe completely changed their business models. Um, And their business looks so different now than it did before. And I think that comes from just like soaking up an opportunity for change, which is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, we were so forced to think outside mm-hmm. of the box in that
1: moment. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we maybe we had to
0: think outside of the box in so many ways all at once, which made it crazy and overwhelming, but yeah, when I was working with my student teachers, I was trying to avoid spending too much time in any one classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would just try and get my student teachers outside as much as possible. So when, when I checked in on them, we do a walk around the field and I called it a walk and talk. And yeah. then when we would debrief their lessons, unless there was like torrential rain or, you know, so it was very windy. I would um, bust out a couple of Tommy Bahama t- chairs from the trunk of my vehicle <laughs> and we'd sit outside and talk and I never, I don't know why, but I never would have thought of that before. And it would definitely be something I would do moving forward. And a number of the other field instructors at the university, you know, stole, borrowed that idea (laughs) for me, which I think is great. So even just in small ways, um, you know, it forced us to think outside the box and good things came from it. So, yeah, yeah, (laughs) exactly. That's awesome. (laughs) Now, um, I love to ask people to look back and to think Mm -hmm. about their own um, experiences with a favorite teacher or a learning experience that I have, that they've had. So if you had to pick just one, Mm -hmm. do you have a favorite teacher or learning experience um, that really stands out for you and why, why does that person
1: or experience mean so much? (laughs) Yeah. Um, you know what? I think I've been really lucky to have a lot of great teachers and great family, friends, and just great people around me that I've learned so much from. But I would say at this sort of stage in my life and in my career, I have such a deep appreciation for mentorship. And um, there's one mentor I have had for years, over 10 years, and I met her when I was. In university, at the end of my university experience, and she sort of introduced me to the um, corporate event industry. And she taught me so much about the value of your own time, and to sort of think as a CEO, um, not to be entitled, but even when you're starting out, to to make your time valuable, um, and. I think the more I sort of went along in my career and the more fast paced the world became and the more demanding people became and I'm sure you know but like entrepreneurship is amazing but it can also add a huge layer of pressure because often at the beginning you're the only one responding to everything and you're wearing so many hats and I always have her little voice in my head that's like you can set the boundaries that you need um, and your time is worth a lot and you need to teach people that sometimes (laughs) no that
0: is great advice and yeah having those mentors in our life can make such a difference so what have been some of the ways then that you've set those boundaries for
1: yourself i think it, it really comes down to prioritizing and sometimes that's based on what's happening in my life. Personally, sometimes that's based on just workflow. Um, you know, something that is coming up in the next three weeks is going to be a top priority versus something that is coming up in 12 months. And sometimes it's just being okay with telling someone, you know, this is the timeline that we're looking at for these deliverables. Um, Or with the quick turnaround, especially in the virtual space when people weren't meeting in person, I think there was a huge, huge need to educate people on um, the logistics of hosting a virtual experience. And when you have to, you know, gather materials and package these kits and ship these kits across the country and get things printed. And I talk about this so much in so many conversations, but I learned so much. And then I had to teach people so much about you know, we need at least three weeks if you have people across the country to pull together a virtual experience, like minimum three weeks. Um, And so sometimes it's just even setting those boundaries of what we need so that we are not working at one o'clock in the morning or driving all over wherever in order to be faster than Canada Post would be getting it to you, you know? Um, So I've learned some lessons uh, the hard way when it comes to that. And I think it's, it's allowed me to create some boundaries around that too. And I
0: bet that's also increasingly important now having a little one, a 7 yes. months
1: old <laughs> as yes. well. Oh, my yeah.
0: gosh.
1: Yeah. Yes. I found myself in a situation the other day. I was laughing because I had um, a big order that was going along with a virtual event. And the pickup was just in Toronto. I'm in Waterloo. So it's probably an hour from here. And I, it's like I almost forgot that my life is different now. And I was like, yep, no problem. I can pick it up. And then I'm thinking to myself, how am I going to go pick up this giant order with a car seat and a baby who's on a different schedule and I need someone to watch her. And, you know, previously it was just like no big deal to go to Toronto and I would probably meet some clients while I'm there and then come home. Um, But now I had all of these other things to consider. And so I needed to find another way to get (laughs) that big order to to my office in time, but uh, it all worked out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, ke- having children—they're wonderful and they fill us with so much joy. But it does add another layer to our planning and um, makes those boundaries important. But yes, mm-hmm. the logistics. My husband and I are actually leaving for Toronto tomorrow, awesome. and um, <laughs> which is lovely and great. But the the planning and the lead up to make that happen is ginormous yeah. <laughs> and it takes a village and just making sure everyone's going to get where they're going to go and be where they need to be. And, um, I mean, our kids are older, so it's definitely a little bit easier now, but yeah, it definitely adds that additional layer to, um, how we do things in our day. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> what we say yes to, and how that actually is going to play out in real time. Exactly. <laughs> needs to be considered. Yeah. Cause they still th- throw curveballs
0: even when they're 16. (laughs) I bet. I bet. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, still. Now, when you look back at your journey so far, and it's been so interesting to learn more about you and your story. um, I'm curious, what is something that you are the most proud of?
1: I would say... I think just going for it. Um, and if you asked my husband, I bet you he would say the same thing because he's always like, you're kind of nuts that you just like get an idea and you just jump in. Um, but I just think when it comes to feel the superheroes and then when it comes to wholehearted, there were so many things that I didn't have figured out, but I just had this like need inside to just go for it and make it happen and learn along the way. And I think probably many entrepreneurs have that sort of feeling like just start it and it will all work out. Um, and there's some really great books actually about the um, the visionaries and then the executors and there's sort of like those two sides of you. There's the one with the ideas and then there's the one that makes it happen. Um, so I've been trying to balance that. But I think even Feel the Superheroes, when we very first talked about it, I was like, I can just make lunch for all these frontline workers and let's just bring it to them and like, how are you going to make hundreds of lunches? Like, that's not going to work. And, you know, they probably need to go through a certified kitchen. And then that's where we thought, oh, wait, this is an opportunity to support small businesses who've also been really impacted. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, that very night we created a logo. We started a GoFundMe page. We started sharing it on social media. Like, we did not sit on it for a long time. Um, and I'm really glad that things moved quickly because, I think it was just the right time for it. And with Wholehearted as well, I think it was the right time where workplaces were really in need of creating some connection among their teams when people were all of a sudden all working from home without a choice. So that would probably be what I'm most proud of, although it has caused me some stresses too, but uh, that's okay. <laughs> There's always some little blips and glitches yeah. <laughs> and things that happen
0: along the way for sure. Yeah. Uh, so I have some rapid fire questions for you. Okay. Uh, what is something that you would love to learn about or something that you would love to learn how to do?
1: I would love to play guitar to learn how to play guitar. Do you play another instrument? (laughs) No, I don't know how to read music. I don't play any instruments, but I love music and I think it can be super impactful and I've just always thought it would be really cool to be able to pull out a guitar and play a song anywhere, anytime.
0: <laughs> it is an instrument that brings people together. Mm-hmm. What is a place that is at the top of your travel bucket list? Definitely Greece.
1: Yes. We also got married in 2020 among all of the, uh, chaos and we never got to go on a true honeymoon. And so I'm just like pocketing it that, that for one day where I can say, okay, now's the time that we get to do a full honeymoon and uh, Greece would definitely be at the top of my list.
0: It's a beautiful place to go. I was going
1: to say, have you been? <laughs> I have.
0: It's been a long time. I was 24. But definitely one of my favorite places I've been. Uh, What is a book, podcast, movie or TV show that you've enjoyed recently?
1: I have had zero time to do any of those things, Um, which sounds so bad. But truly life lately has been baby work, baby work, baby work. I think the other day I may have had Love is Blind playing in the background as I was doing a little bit of like work, um, just like some admin stuff, which is so terrible. But truthfully, that's the answer.
0: (laughs) You know what? As a new mom, I can't even imagine. So I totally (laughs) hear you on that. And, you know, I find at the end of the day, if I'm watching a show, I like it to be something mindless and relaxing and Mm -hmm. yes. Yes, I've watched Love is Blind. It's all good. <laughs> It's very fascinating. Yes, it is. Humans are very interesting. Yeah, yes. for sure. <laughs> and if you could sit down and have a conversation with someone that you would love to learn from, who would it be and why?
1: Okay. I actually include this in so many of my introduction decks. So I love that you asked this because um, every time I tell people a little bit about me, and a little bit about Wholehearted, I always say that if I could have dinner with one person, it would be Martha Stewart. And the reason for that is because I think there's so many impressive things about her that people don't know. Um, and I read her book probably a couple summers ago now, but she was one of the first females to be a stockbroker on Wall Street. She That was in the 70s. She was um, probably one of the first women to truly build an empire like we know now Um, and I think she would just have so many stories about entrepreneurship and how to manage different businesses and different revenue streams and how to just take something you're really passionate about and make it happen and then I think she'd probably have some really funny stories about Snoop Dogg and everything else Um, but I just think she's one of those people that that there's so much more to her than
0: we see or we know Well, even the fact that she was a stockbroker, I didn't know. So I've learned Mm -hmm. something about her from you just now. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty cool. That would be an interesting conversation for sure. Mm -hmm. So education, I always talk about how it truly plays such an important and integral role in all facets of our lives. So how we work and we live and we play and explore. Do you have any final thoughts or words of wisdom that could empower or support people in their own teaching and
1: learning journeys? I would say just stay curious. I think it's the best thing that we can do. I spoke to it a little bit earlier about seeing leaders that get too comfortable. Um, And I think that applies in whichever job you have, whichever personal stage of life you're in. Um, I think just staying curious and being open-minded and learning from your experiences um, is just like the best you could do for yourself. <laughs>
0: that is really great advice. Yes. Stay curious. Mm-hmm. So Kat, thank you so much for sharing your time and your story and your words of wisdom with us today. If our listeners want to learn more about you and all the things that you're up to, where are the best places to find you?
1: So the website is wholehearted.com. And then we are on the social media platform. So Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, probably more likely to get the behind the scenes look on Instagram uh, and get to know the business, you know, more in depth and a little bit better there. Um, And I'm just so thankful for all of the connections that are made there. And so thankful to you for having me here. And um, I really appreciate you inviting me and sort of allowing me to share my stories and, and what I've learned so far. So thank you.
0: You are most welcome. <laughs> I, I'm so appreciative for you joining me on the podcast, Kat. And it was just so nice to connect with you and to learn from you today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the People Teaching People podcast. I'm your host, Tiana Fesch. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Tiana Fesh and on my website, tianafesh.com. I would love it if you would subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast. Your feedback and support are so appreciated. See you next time where we will continue to explore all things teaching and learning together.